This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. New home ownership can be a real eye-opener, but it's the perfect time to look into Homeowner 101 from The Home Depot. Free live streaming workshops taught by expert associates. Now at homedepot.com slash workshops. You'll find indoor and outdoor workshops, even home systems workshops. Plus, you'll get the know-how you need to care for your biggest investment. Master the basics at Homeowner 101, only at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and I will be detailing for you the Raptors' latest loss against the Charlotte Hornets, 113-111. The Raptors were 5-0 in their last five coming into this one. Yes, a five-game winning streak. Their last loss actually coming at the hands of the Charlotte Hornets and Jeremy Lamb, who has now hit two game winners in a row against the Raptors. First of all, this podcast is brought to you by, well, sponsored by, let's say, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger's Personal Injury Lawyers. Thanks for sponsoring the podcast. Let's jump into it. The first quarter, they came out gangbusters, similar to the game on the 24th of March. The Marcus All starting lineup, Danny Green, Kyle Lowry, Leonard, and Siakam, started firing away from three right away. They, I guess it was encouraging that Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard showed some of some chemistry that we might not have seen yet, where... They're kind of, they meander around on offense, but are still finding each other for shots, which definitely was not happening earlier on in the year. There was, Kawhi Leonard had his spots where he would get his shots, but Kyle Lowry, especially at his extremely hot start to the year where he was doling out like 12 assists per game, was finding, let's say, role players like Danny Green, Serge Ibaka, Jonas Valanciunas, guys like that in their spots, the spots where they like to get the ball. And Kawhi Leonard, he had his spots, but the offense had to be tailored a lot more towards that. He's less fluid, you know. But, like, tonight there was a couple possessions that we saw where it was just, like, them moving around each other, similar to what we would see from DeRozan and Lowry. More so when DeRozan would be handling the ball last year, well, years before, let's say, where they'd run, like, a 2-1 pick-and-roll, 1-2 pick-and-roll, and they would float in space 
and find each other. They were just very used to playing together. We're seeing a little bit of that type of chemistry coming from the Lowry-Leonard um, duo, which is encouraging. And yeah, back to the first quarter, just to start it off. Great start. Super encouraging. Lots of three-pointers going up. It was classic Marcus all in the starting lineup, first quarter. And I guess it, it confused me what Nick Nurse was trying to do tonight from a coach's standpoint because you have Danny Green who played 18 minutes tonight, which is certainly, well, I guess it's almost 19, but which is certainly a lot less than we're used to. I put the graphic out in the preview I did for this game. He's averaging like 27 minutes per game, somewhere around that, which is less than he's averaging on the season. But certainly he usually plays more than 18. So that kind of lends itself to the idea that Nurse is resting players. But Kyle Lowry also played 36 minutes. Fred VanVleet played 30. Well, I guess Fred VanVleet has been averaging 31 since his return from injury. But... You have, like, Kyle Lowry, a guy who, by all means, should be getting rested. Or at least that seems like the conventional wisdom around the Raptors is rest Kyle Lowry. We want the best version of him coming into the playoffs. I agree with that. He put up 16-5-11. He was good tonight. Like, I would say very good. I think he led the Raptors. He was a plus 15, I think. And, you know, the 11 assists was good, and part of that was the synergy and chemistry with Leonard that I talked about. And Leonard was good tonight also. He had 29, 6, and 4. And he played, I think, like 32 minutes. And so just weird decision-making by Nurse because in a game where Danny Green plays, you know, 19 minutes, Kyle Lowry plays 36, Kawhi plays 32, you're also, you're also giving time to, like, Jeremy Lin – you're playing the big bench unit, and I don't mean big as in size, but you're playing four or five bench players at a time, which is what happened at the end of the first quarter and into the second where the Raptors gave up the lead. Happened later on in the game, too. There's a reason why you have guys like, I guess, Ibaka, who was good tonight, but was also stuck with the bench, was a minus 10. Jeremy Lin's minus 11. Norm Powell, minus 6. Things like that happen, right, because... Nurse who was walking out the bench lineups where you know they're going to bleed points. And maybe not bleed points, but they're certainly not going to score them very well. And part of the problem tonight was the Raptors, you know, their turnover problems. I think they had something like maybe 14 or 15. Looks like 14. But the Hornets scored 20 points off of the turnovers. And I don't know if they scored any off of turnovers in like the last seven, six minutes of the game. But... Kyle Lowry had three turnovers, I think, maybe four. But there's something about his turnovers that they're high risk, high reward. That, like, when he's turning the ball over, at least if the ball goes through, it's probably a bucket. But if Norm Powell turns it over, or Serge Ibaka, or like Fred Van Vliet, that's just a turnover. And it's generally not out of bounds, it's pushing back the other way. So when you run just the bench lineups together, like Nurse did tonight. It seems like you're not very attached to getting the win, especially when you look at, let's say, where he shortened the lineup against Brooklyn and against the Magic, and he said, no, we're not going to play these guys like this. We're going we're gonna to go closer to starters, and we're going to run through them, and that's how we're going to do it. That's like encouraging because you want them to build chemistry going into the playoffs, obviously. But it's like for this game... 
it's confusing because, like I said, Lowry playing minutes, Leonard playing minutes, but then also like Lynn getting run, Powell getting quite a bit of run, and and not playing Danny Green. And Danny Green is like kind of a panache to a lot of what the Raptors do on offense and defense. So it doesn't really make sense to me. I'm not sure what the idea was here. I'm not sure what he was going for. But yeah, they gave up runs and that's the Raptors started out pretty hot. But as that kind of faded away, the Raptors were finding it harder and harder to create their own offense outside of like Siakam, um, Leonard and Lowry. There was like Marcus All was he had a good start to the game, but overall I guess he was close to his usual self, considering that he was like he put up like six points, six rebounds and two assists on the night. Not super aggressive, just acting as the connective tissue for the offense, which works really well when the offense is humming. But there were certain points in the game where the ball was sticky in a good way. Just the ball was sticking at the wrong times and sometimes was even being overpassed at the wrong times. Just the offensive flow outside of that initial surge wasn't there. And, yeah, I just i am very confused by what the game plan was for Nurse tonight. It's, it seemed like he thought that he had this one in the bag, I guess. And then the bench coughed it up. And then, like, Kemba Walker kept playing very good basketball. They had, obviously, um, the contributions of, like, Frank Kaminsky and Jeremy Lamb. And those guys coming off the bench and putting up, I think, 44 points combined, maybe that made Nurse say, like, oh, no, you know, we have to go back to, like, Lowry. Lowry's the guy who's keeping us in this game. He's got the best plus minus. The Raptors are winning his minutes on the floor. But it's weird, right, because he clearly didn't seem that committed to winning this one if he's going to march out lineups like that and go bench like bench units, especially with the playoffs on the horizon and the Raptors locked into their seed and by all means should probably still rank higher than Golden State league-wide. So it's just confusing what he was going for there. I, I, I don't have a read on that. I, I honestly don't. So having like Ibaka replace Gasol down the stretch, and Ibaka played a lot because clearly Nurse was like, this, this is the guy. We have to ride with Ibaka because he was the only form of offense for quite some time, which is not great, right? I mean, like the Raptors at that point in time with the bench units, they were just leaving Ibaka out there with like, say, Van Vliet or Fred, and Van Vliet was fine. He played like 30 minutes, but he wasn't that great creating offense. And it was it was Ibaka who was getting on the glass, putbacks, was just getting out in transition even sometimes, was creating a lot of looks for himself and making it really easy for other guys to find him and just to create like decent offense. But towards the end of the game, still the Raptors seemed kind of limited in how they were scoring the basketball. And it took like a three and a half minute like scoring drought from the Hornets for the Raptors to even get back to where they could go for a game winning shot, which Kawhi Leonard made one and then hit a wedgie on the other. I just, man, the Raptors, super inconsistent game, similar to what happened at the Scotiabank Arena on March 24th except they played Kemba Walker completely different. They they didn't trap that often early on in the game, probably because of how bad their transition defense was, that Kemba Walker was getting loose in transition for three-pointers. So it's a little bit, you know, 
I guess, deflating to allow to work so hard in your half court defense, your set defense to go and say like, Kimball Walker, you're not going to be getting the ball. Like we're going to force it out of your hands. Your whole team isn't going to shoot 44% again, like they did last time, but to have them get loose in transition anyway for triples, I think Kemba made something like he made three or four three pointers tonight. And he, he shot like 60% from the field and he had 29 points and eight assists. He played awesome. And obviously lining that up with 44 combined from Lamb and Kaminsky is is a bit of a problem for the Raptors, especially since, you know, the coaching, the direction of this game was weird. Am I complaining for nothing? I don't know, kind of. This game is meaningless. You still like to win games. You still don't like to see, like, a wedgie at the end of the game, like the ball gets stuck in between the rim and the glass, and then you say... Oh, man, like, and then they just swatted out of bounds. Not, like, it's a disappointing game, obviously, to have Kemba. Like, the Raptors, at the end of the game, they started blitzing Kemba on the pick and roll. That was that was kind of the biggest part of them making it so the Hornets couldn't score for, like, the last three and a half minutes of the game until, obviously, Kemba had his layup and Jeremy Lamb hit that three-pointer. But... Like, Kemba's very bouncy, and he got around the traps eventually. But the Raptors, they played really good defense towards the end of the game, which they have done quite a few times. And this happened last time at Charlotte. Like, that's exactly what they did. It's just with different pieces. Like, Marcus always in this time. Last time, they went with Siakam Leonard for the front court. And they still, they got beat a couple times. But on the whole, they played superb defense. In this one, yeah, they just... They played a really, really great brand of defense for like five minutes, and that was it. Otherwise, pretty lazy in transition. They were pretty lazy on a lot of closeouts. So any takeaways from that? I don't know, man. It's a super weird game. And especially from the decision-making from Nurse, seemingly, I, like, I don't understand his motivation for anything. The way that the lineups were divvied out, the way that the minutes were divvied out, super weird. Can't really understand it. Mitchell Robinson Award goes to Jeremy Lamb, who has now hit two straight game winners against the Raptors. I'm not sure how else to describe that. I mean, he must be evoking the ghost of Gerald Henderson's time with the Hornets. I'm not even sure. At that time, it would have been Bobcats too, right? But yeah, he's hit his second game winner against the Raptors in two games, which is kind of a hilarious subplot for this series going into next year anyway. It's it's pretty funny. Jeremy Lamb is a good player. I have no qualms with him as a as a person. He's like a good quality like guard off the bench and could be a good quality guard like in the starting lineup. So, yeah. But you hit two game winners in a row against the same team. You you are a like you are by proxy of anything, a villain. And yes, super villainous. The uh Reggie Evans award goes to Serge Ibaka. Because, and this might be his third time winning it, but he seemed like the only guy who could get on the offensive glass. I think he had three offensive rebounds, had a couple putbacks, was like a deterrent on, at like at the rim on defense. And he was, yeah, like kind of, it seems like what he's doing. He's tireless because he has to work so much harder to put himself in a position to succeed. Even though he does need to be fed the ball to score, He's working really, really hard with that bench unit to to put himself in a position to score, whether it be getting on the offensive glass 
or just like finding little open pockets in the defense. He works hard, man. He had like 20 points and 12 rebounds in 21 minutes. And it looks, yeah, he shot 10 of 15 from the floor. That's, that's kind of nuts. He did great. The top quick reaction comment comes from M-Y-I-N-T win. Myant win. Or Myant win. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. He says, Lynn doesn't need preparation for playoffs. I agree. I talked about this with Katie Heindel on the weekly podcast. And I asked, who would you have? <laughs> who would you have? Who would you rather have? Powell or Lynn as the ninth man? And she said, Powell. I totally agree. If you're playing Fred Van Vliet 31 minutes a game, which you have been since his return from injury, and you're going to play Kyle Lowry a bunch of minutes as well, there's no need, zero need for Jeremy Lin on the floor. And the Raptors lose every time he's on the floor. They lose their minutes. He's not capable of creating against defenses right now. I don't know if he'll have a comeback next year and return to being, you know, like a decent guard off the bench. But right now for the Raptors, he isn't bringing anything like that, like not even close. So, yeah, I don't I totally agree with my aunt win. You, you don't have to prepare him for the playoffs. I don't think that he needs playing time unless like the Raptors are blowing someone out or unless you're going to say Kyle Lowry isn't going to play 36 minutes. He's going to play like 24. That graph I put up earlier in the day, he's averaging 27 since Fred's return. Why not err on the side of caution and go closer to that if you're going to play Jeremy Lin at all? If you're resigned to winning this game, then don't play Jeremy Lin. Like, if you care about winning, don't play Jeremy Lin. Play Lowry the 36 minutes, but also make sure Danny Green plays. Something like that. You Don't go a half measure and give Danny Green the rest. Or just don't play Danny Green. I don't understand what Nurse was doing tonight. I agree with my Aunt Wynn. This isn't like me complaining about Nurse overall. I think I've been fairly positive compared to quite a few Raptors Republic guys. This year anyway. But Nurse tonight, I have no idea what was what was happening with that. It, was, it just seems like panic. It seemed very, very reactionary. Like there wasn't an actual game plan. Or it's just one that he abandoned as soon as, you know, the bench lineup gave up a run in this game. Which maybe you should have known was coming because it's happened every game that the bench has played. Serge has done a great job of lifting that unit up recently. But if you play Jeremy Lin and Norm Powell at the same time, even if you play Jeremy Lin and Fred Van Vliet at the same time, you're going to lose the minutes. Jeremy Lin is just a negative out there right now. And, yeah... It bugs me that Jeremy Lin played in a game where Kyle Lowry played 36 minutes. Just just don't play Jeremy Lin at the two, please. Like, I don't understand. He's offering nothing in that role. I, yeah, I don't understand what Nurse was doing really tonight. It confuses me a lot. That doesn't mean that Jeremy Lin is a bad player. It just means that in this current offense, he does not fit, and he's not able to maximize his talents and I don't think a maximized version of him is better than Fred Van Vliet or even like Norman Powell. So I just don't understand the dedication to playing him in these games. Yeah, I guess that's the end of this one. This is definitely the most disappointed I've been. And maybe it shouldn't be because this game has no meaning. But it was, as far as like being a fan watching this team, frustrating to see what Nurse was doing in this one. Just not a big fan of what happened tonight. Anyway, super fun for Jeremy Lamb. 
the look on his face after he made it was really like it was nice. It was like such a fun story for him in his career. And yeah, I think that's I think that's it. Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Samson Folk. If you want to follow me on Twitter, just go to S A M F O L K K. Raptors Republic is just Raptors Republic on Twitter or Instagram, and RaptorsRepublic.com is the website. If you guys want to check anything out, just go to one of the aforementioned places. And have a blessed day, night, whenever you're listening to this. See ya. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.